The time of the week on this program when we get to um, sit back, in a sense, sit back metaphorically and take a look at an issue or issues of the day um, from some differing perspectives and see what we can make of them. Uh, I'm joined this morning, as I often am, by the, the team. Well, there's something you guys are doing. I like that, team. eh? Uh, my two co-hosts today, perhaps, is a better way to put it. Marion Boyd and Robert Metz. Nice to have both of you here. Hi, Jim. Thanks, Jim. I'd like to take a look this morning uh, at this uh, uh, issue that was raised, uh, I guess, earlier this week. About, uh, or was it late last week? Can't remember. It doesn't matter. About, um, it has been suggested that perhaps, uh, not a solution, but an aid in our battle against violence in our in our society, uh, and as perhaps as an alternative to censorship that that concerns a number of people, even people who are concerned about the negative effect of some of these things, they're even more concerned about the ultimate negative effect of censorship. Um, it's been suggested that perhaps some kind of a tax on, on violent videos, violent movies, I suppose violent computer games, uh, anything that tends to promote in even the broadest sense to promote violence as a solution to anything, that rather than banning those things, that perhaps we should uh, put maybe a 1% tax on them and then use the results of, uh, of that tax to, uh, to fund programs and so on to, I guess, A, deal with the negative effects uh, that violence has now in our society, but B, perhaps to find more effective ways or extend whatever effective ways we have today to, to try to minimize and, and uh, ultimately eliminate it, if that's possible. We certainly want to work towards that goal. Uh, Marion, from your perspective... Is it? It seems to me, in some ways, that attacks may be almost too facile. It's almost too easy to say, "Well, okay, these things are terrible and they're wrecking our community, but we'll, you know, we'll tax them and then we'll put the money to good use." It sounds sort of like the argument they make for cigarettes. That see, yeah, cigarettes, cigarettes are killing, liquor, gambling, you know, the yeah, whole thing. Yeah, we're killing all these people, but as long as we tax them and we can put a few bucks back into something worthwhile, does this fall into the same kind of thing in your estimation? Well, I, I suppose it does. I mean, this, uh, this recommendation is only one of a very large number of recommendations that came out of the group that was put in place to respond to the inquest results in the uh, Arlene May uh, Randy Isles uh, inqu inquest. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he shot her, a former partner, and, and then killed himself. This is all too frequent uh, an occurrence. This, this is the inquest that uh, uh, probably gives as much um, understanding to this kind of situation as we're likely to have. We have to remember, subsequent to Arlene May's murder, we had two similar murders here in, in London, mm -hmm. one in Lucan. I mean, this is a, a fairly common thing, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And this inquest was to look at uh, recommendations that the jury made, and the steering committee was set as a result of one of those um, recommendations to advise the government on how to go. And this is just one of many uh, suggestions that they made. But so often, violent, uh, violent film, violent uh, uh, videos, violent games seem to be part of the background of someone who is violent and ends up running amok and, and killing someone. And uh, I think their, their recommendation is that um, you know, uh, there, there has to be some way to try and, and do a user pay uh, kind mm -hmm. of system. We have surtax on fines in the courts now, 
and that those surtaxes are, in cases of violent, violent crime, mm. those surtaxes go into a special fund, which our government set up specifically to try and fund victim services and, and deal with that. So the argument that if you had a 1% tax and you wanted to dedicate it, you couldn't do that, is, is false. That could go into the same fund. I mean, mm -hmm. it's the same kind of focus. So it, it may be one solution, but it certainly does raise those issues that you talk about. Are we, are we tacitly condoning uh, the material if, if, in fact, we're making money off it? And I think that's, that's something that's a, a big conundrum for a lot of people. Robert, what about yourself? Is it, a, is it, does it make sense to do this? Is this a way to respond to this concern? No, I, I, I think it's offensive. I think it's pathetic. I think it targets the wrong people. I think it sends the wrong message. There's so many things wrong with this. Well, I, pick one. I, I pick could one write a go. book. Uh, first of all, this was in response, as Marion said, to an inquest that involved a murder-suicide. And because the person who committed the crimes killed himself, there's no one left to blame. We can't hold somebody responsible and society can't get their vengeance out, so to speak. So we look for another party and then we blame violent movies for influencing people like this, which, well, may be even true in the odd case. But is that a reason to tax them? I don't think so. Uh, you're, you're, ta you're taxing the wrong target. I don't know who gets to decide what a violent movie is. I mean, every episode oh, of Star Trek is violent. We have classifications for, for movies. But every episode of, of Star Trek is violent. Everything on the Space Channel, I mean, is pure violence. You can watch for hours on there and just watch blood and gore. Are we going to be taxed on that? Or are they going to add the tax on the cable company for, for, for broadcasting the thing? Um, is there going to be, you're going to have committees set up to count how many violent acts occur within a 45-minute period. That's where I see the money going on these kinds of projects, you know, to start classifying, and then there'll be classification wars, and people will argue about this and artistic merit, and, and I, I, it's just a quagmire. And the one person we should be targeting is the people who commit these crimes. They're the ones that should be paying the tax. Well, you see, what we should be fine. doing is trying to prevent these crimes, and this is an issue of prevention. We spend all of our money in the criminal justice system dealing with the problem after it's happened. And, and quite frankly, this kind of a recommendation is saying we know that there is a correlation between people who commit these crimes and people who enjoy very violent, uh, particularly sex-related uh, violence. And, and that can be shown. There's been a lot of research that shows that there is a correlation, that there is some effect. Well, sure some there of those is, but there's no cause and effect. It's, if, if a guy's into violence, I, it makes sense to me he's going to like violent movies. But there's a lot of people who aren't into violence who like violent movies. Well, it's the, it's the old argument that every alcoholic started out drinking milk. Well, true. You know, and does that mean that, uh, you know, does milk lead to alcoholism? I've never heard that that oh, yeah, uh, sure that, that quote sure before. Have. No, well, I actually well, haven't. They, I, well, they they they, quite <laughs> <laughs> they use it. No, I, I've heard people use it, and they also use the one about uh, you know that uh, we were talking about marijuana, and you know every heroin addict started out smoking marijuana. Ergo, nobody should ever smoke marijuana because they might turn into a heroin addict. And yet, it makes sense to say <coughs> that every heroin addict probably tried marijuana, but didn't find it to their satisfaction mm -hmm. or, or what they wanted. But to say that the marijuana smoking caused the heroin addiction, I don't think so. I think that's where they were heading anyway. Well, I don't think the uh, I don't think the steering committee was saying that it caused it. I, I don't think. In fact, I don't think any of the research has indicated. Uh, that it's it, it's a base cause. I mean, people make well, a decision. Well, then they have absolutely no right to, hold, to hold suggest on, a tax. Hold on, Robert. But it 
it, it, there is a correlation, and that is one of the ways that people get themselves hyped up to to commit things that they may otherwise only have thought. But we about. don't but we don't know that, do we? I mean, I like I've said before on the show. I like bang bang shoot 'em up movies. I don't like gory movies, and I don't like horror movies. But Arnold Schwarzenegger and these guys blow this up, blow that, because they're cartoons. I know they're cartoons. I think any adult with a, a modicum of intelligence knows their cartoon shows. They're not real. Should I have to pay because I enjoy that kind of cartoon instead of a, instead of you know Bugs Bunny, which can also be very violent? But you can still become emotionally involved with it, even though you know it's a cartoon. You can get really involved in the excitement of it and the, and the emotion of it. Yeah, but I'm and, not going to go. Me, and, I'm not going to go and beat somebody up because I saw Arnie beat somebody up well, in a movie. So no, why should I have to pay a tax? Because be and why is that? Let's ask ourselves that question. Why don't you do that? Because of just because you don't happen to feel like it, or is it because? you have a set of values that you that you abide by that you well, live because, by because because early prevention worked in my case well and you see right. that's the issue what because kind of right prevention? now we have Attacks all of these the stuff you watched? no 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 <laughs> but prevent in my home i was Monitoring. raised i was raised sure. in a home where violence was not was not condoned violence was not an answer to to disagreements um, i lived in a, at a time when if a kid came home from school with a bloody nose cuz he'd been in a scrap most dads would have said, well, what's the other guy look like, son? My dad, was, and it happened to me, was very distressed. How did it get that far? How did it get to the this point where This is not a way fighting? to solve the disputes. This isn't a way to... So I, it, I was it, raised the same way. But you see, but, the, but what, what was, that, was that just the way we were nurtured, or was that not in the purest form? That was kind of prevention. That was early intervention to say, to, to instruct you, Robert, and me to say, this is not a way to settle your problems. Well, not only that, you're identifying the proper source of where it has to take place in the family. And, if you, and naturally, to me, I think the greater association is that people who are violent um, come from violent backgrounds, violent families, or violent subculture. And, uh, you know, and more often than not, if there's any kind of drug involved, that drug is alcohol. Mm-hmm. But 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 the the real issue that the steering committee was looking at and that the inquest jury was looking at was we know that we know that 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 prevention means raising people to look at different ways of solving disputes. Mm -hmm. We're always going to disagree about things in in life uh, along the way. How do we solve it when we when we disagree about things? Do we use our fists or do we use our words? Mm -hmm. But people have to be taught that. We're fortunate. There are three people sitting in this room who are fortunate that we were taught that at home. We know there are large numbers of people who aren't, yeah. but we don't fund the programs that we know work to help kids learn that in school. For example, the changes in the, in the, in the curriculum and so on leave very little room for the very sophisticated alternative dispute resolution courses that have been developed here by the family court clinic in conjunction with the other, the but other how, groups. But how effective, I was going to take another step along this road, how effective are those programs if when little, uh, little Sammy or Susie goes home and, uh, and steps out of line and the old man cuffs him upside the head? I mean, wh it, which of those examples is, is more likely to carry forward into that child's life? This, this very considered program at school and so on, or they get home and get whacked. There's some real evidence from, from some of the early intervention programs, particularly the, uh, uh, the early years programs that have been going for a long time in very poor neighborhoods in the United States where violence is a fact of life for many of the children in these programs. But if you do the early intervention, early childhood education, using those nonviolent approaches to problem solving, that it serves those children all their lives, even though they go home to those examples. And we have a very successful 
example of, of that here in a number of schools where principals have taken a leadership role, uh, created a nonviolent zone in their school, have, have student problem solvers who are available to, to work things through with people. And it's, it's proved very, very effective, not only in, in resolving some of the, the conflicts that arise naturally when people disagree in the school, but also helping kids to think uh, laterally around a lot of other problems. So there are some techniques, folks. Uh, the question is, how do we pay for them, and is this a viable way to do it? Should we be taxing violent forms of entertainment and using the tax money to try and intervene for, for people who need it at whatever stage of their life and to try and reduce the overall impact of violence on our society? We'd appreciate you joining us. If you've got a question or a comment, you want to get your two cents worth or even four cents worth in today, you call us at 643-1290, star-1290 on the Cantel, and join us on Left, Right, and Center with Bob Metz and Marion Boyd. Left, Right, and Center with Marion Boyd and Bob Metz, and uh, David joins us. Hi, Dave. Hi, Jim. How are you? I'm just fine, thanks. Um, I listen to your show pretty much every day, and uh, I, this topic here has been one that's uh, been quite the problem we have in London and in the surrounding area. Yeah. Um, I've got a concern where I think a lot of our problems stem back to the schools as well as you know, as kids get older, they, they're more violent, but they're violent as, as children, and that's the big problem. You know, I have a nephew that is attending a high school here in London, and he has six kids that have been nothing but problems with him for almost a year now. Yeah. And this kid hasn't been to school since school started because he's afraid of these kids. Yeah. So my, you know, my uh, sister and that go to the school, and they say, hey, look, this is the problem. My son doesn't want to attend school. These kids follow him home. They do everything. They haven't actually forcefully heard them yet, but, you know, they're going to. And uh, the school said, I'm sorry, but our hands are tied. Until something's actually taken place, we can't do anything about it. Well, that just speaks to, to the argument that it's impossible to prevent things. You can't do things like that. But even worse, I think, I think some of the policies that they've entertained for anti-violent measures, like the no-tolerance rule or non-violent zones, basically... What a lot of these do is, is treat the person who's defending themselves the same as a person who's being offensive. And they're exactly. taking away the kid's right to self-defense. And uh, they don't care when they catch two kids having a fight. You're both equally guilty, even though the one person may be 100% guilty. So where's the justice? We're not teaching kids justice. And so the only, their only response to living in an environment like that is more violence. Exactly. And I don't understand, like... Like, they tried to get them transferred and everything, and they said, look, we just it's, it's something that we can't do until... But, you know, what happens? Does this kid get beat up bad enough that, you know, he never want to go back to school? What happens then, you know? Like, who knows how far it's going to go? Well, I'm really puzzled that the school would say there was nothing they could do because there are, there are, there are a number of models of, of things that have successfully worked in some schools where this kind of thing is going on. And, uh, you know, I, that's very disappointing for the parents and, and for you and certainly for, for a child who's, who's uh, you know, really frightened about their safety. We know that, uh, that there are some very unsafe situations that are happening. We know that there's an increase of weapons being carried to school and that sort of thing, sometimes in self-defense and sometimes uh, as an aggression. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, when, when that starts to happen, for a, a school to say there's nothing they can do until until an incident happens is is pretty counterproductive and certainly doesn't follow the guidelines 
for dispute resolution that the Ministry of Education has put out. David, we had a call the other day from a mom who had had a problem, similar problem to this, went to the school and the principal told her pretty much the same thing that uh, that, that your sister was told. Uh, she didn't stop there though. She went and spoke to the, t to the teacher and the teacher resolved the problem. The exactly. teacher the teacher got the kids together in a room and explained why this just was not acceptable and would not be allowed, et cetera, et cetera. And at least up until uh, the time she talked to us, it had worked. So uh, tell your sister not to give up on this. Yeah, I think, well, she's, she's been in a meeting with the principal. See, three of the kids don't go to the school. Mm -hmm. uh, they basically dropped out. It's a high school is what I'm talking. Yeah. And, and three of them dropped out, and three of them still attend the school. And they had a meeting with, with her, like my nephew, yeah. the three kids and everything. Yeah. And, and basically the principal told them, look, we cannot have this stuff going on. And, and, and I'm not blaming him at all. He's done as much as he can do. But these kids, Jim, they don't care. They yeah. really don't care. Yeah, It's a problem, David. Uh, thank you for calling. And uh, let us know the resolution, will you? I will. So. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Now, I don't mean this to, to anybody misconstrue this as an argument in favor of violence, because I'm not in favor of it. But... In the 1950s and 60s, when I went to school, in a situation like that, one of two or three things would have happened. Um, the, the, the kids who are harassing him, there would have been a, an, an, a, an event, and the kid would have been beat up and whatnot. The kids would have been arrested and probably charged and taken to court. Um, the other thing that would have happened is Dave's nephew would have got a big buddy of his to hang around with him and nothing would have happened. And the third likely thing that would have happened was the big buddy would have gone and thumped the daylight sort of the biggest of the six kids. And in most cases, that would have been the end of it, unless it became, went beyond the school community. But in, the, in, in, in my experience, this happened several times when I was in school. I'm not condoning violence, but you almost wonder if some of the rules we have in place today are, are making it worse for this individual kid, because he can't do those other things now. Well, I'm I'm not sure that I'm not sure that that's true. I mean, in 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 a case where uh, the kind of following that he's talking about, the kind of harassment that he's talking about, um, you know, that is a criminal matter. A criminal harassment charge could be laid. I mean, have they talked to the police? There is a community service uh, in in terms of policing the family. Uh, uh, police um, uh, resource uh, that they have here. Uh, the problem solving including the criminal justice system, as, as you suggested, um, is, is part of the option in, in this case. Um, you know, it, 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 there's no one size that, that suits all. But if you have disaffected kids, like the ones that have dropped out of school and so on, we got a bigger problem for them. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, obviously that doesn't they help got his nephew, problem. though. No, it doesn't. It doesn't, but you're, you're actually doing a favor to those kids if you can find some, some means of actually intervening. But if, as Bob pointed out, if let's, let's say that Dave's nephew is driven to distraction one day and one of these kids pushes him and he pushes back mm -hmm. and he gets into a scrap with these kids, under the existing rules, he's equally guilty. Well, that's what's wrong with zero tolerance because it doesn't take into account, as our courts do, the mitigating circumstances of self-defense. And, and quite frankly, that is a problem. Um, zero, zero tolerance if it's interpreted to, to as, as you suggest, Robert, paint everybody as equally guilty. Um, it doesn't work. In, in, in reality, in many cases, it, it hasn't operated that way. But we've seen enough examples that parents are really concerned about that. And I think kids are, too. Uh, I, I think... Do you want me... We'll go, we'll go to the call. Okay. Yeah, we've got Joe waiting. Hi, Joe. Hi. Hi. Um, I was listening to your program about violence, and I don't think there's anything more violence violent than the news mm -hmm. because so um, should we tax the news the news 
on TV. Yeah, should we tax the news then? <laughs> I have on various occasions because <laughs> they zero in on dead bodies, and that's yeah. really disgraceful. Mm-hmm. People are lying. You know, they yeah. didn't used to show all that. Mm-hmm. You knew about it, mm-hmm. but I think part of it's the TV. I think part of it's the movies. But I do think that morals have to be taught to kids. Well, there's no question, Joe. I mean, but that's the easy way out. Say, sure, the, the parents should do a better job and the kids should be taught morals. But that's not happening. So what do we do now? Well, this is it. Where do we go from here? It used to be fist fights when I was a kid. The, the odd fist fight took yeah. place. But they're not using fists anymore. Mm-hmm. They're using knives and guns. Yeah. And how do you know? There's another a church in um, the States that was just, a man went in there and, and yeah, shot people. Yeah, yeah. Where does it stop? I mean, something has to be done. I don't know. That's the big question, though. What are we going to do, Joe? Thank you so much for your call. We have to pause for a second. This is 1290 CJBK. We'll be back with more Left, Right, and Center with Bob Metz and Marion Boyd. Left, Right, and Center with Marion Boyd and Bob Metz. Fred joins us on 1290 CJBK. Hi, Fred. You're talking about violence, and there's a commercial that comes on there, and this, this uh, little girl's hitting her brother. Mm-hmm. And, oh, there's another one. Mm-hmm. And there's another one. Mm-hmm. Whack, whack. Mm-hmm. And, and the mother said, oh, well, go ahead. You keep an eye out. and Maybe mm-hmm. you can hit her. Mm-hmm. Now, how stupid can they get? Well, it's that, pretty bad teaching, isn't it? Pervasive, though, head. isn't it? It's pervasive in our, in our society. It's right, wacko. Yeah, on the one hand, we say, don't do this stuff. On the other hand, you can't hardly turn around. That's well, right. Was it, I haven't seen the commercial. Was it meant to be funny? It, it's on the radio. No, oh. it, it's it's advertising some kind of trucks or something or whatever they are. Oh. And and the, if you see it, you whack the other person. Eh? And the, now, the boy, he's, he's really getting upset because he's getting hurt. And the mother said, oh, you keep an eye out and you, you can, you'll find one. And then, oh, there's another one. Whack. Gee. And like it's wild, and it comes on more than one station. Well, they got your attention, though, didn't they, Fred? <laughs> they got your attention. Well, yeah, well that, yeah, but I was thinking about how they're saying, oh, you don't hit this, and you can't hit your own kid, even if he's wrong, and all this here, and then they come up with something like that. Yeah, it's a good point. Appreciate the call today, Fred. Okay, Jimmy. take care. Bye, bye. Bye. We're going to go to the email now, where Michael sent this along. Uh, a slightly different take on it. Sport hunting and fishing involves killing animals for entertainment. That involves the actual suffering and death of a living being, yet they are only proposing to tax movies and video games, which most people recognize as make-believe. I find it offensive and absurd that someone enjoying a movie would be considering a greater potential threat to society than someone stalking and killing animals for fun. There are an increasing number of studies which show that people who enjoy hurting animals will move on to enjoy hurting people. If they intend to tax movies and video games, they had better tax sport hunting and fishing, too, from Michael. Well, in fact, they, in fact, they do tax sport hunting and fishing. Incredibly so, and, and also fine it incredibly so if you're caught catching fish out of season or hunting out of season. And, or or being unusually say, cruel. Yes, mm-hmm. and most hunters do not fall into that category. It's their money that, that funds the supply of the animals, keeps the reservations going, and, and is one of the best friends that the animals have out there in the wilderness. I think one of the things, though, that, uh, that Fred is... is Fred? Uh, Michael. Or Michael is, is, is correct about is that... Uh, certainly, again, uh, the, that whole syndrome of, of hurting animals is, is also a, a part of the, the violence picture. We very often find that, um, you know, uh, in, in, in cases of domestic violence, that the, 
the 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 animals are the target mm-hmm. and because we care so much about our animals mm-hmm. it's almost like hitting us or mm-hmm. hurting us mm-hmm. and uh, we've had a, a number of bizarre cases here in london i don't know whether you remember the one where the guy bit the head off the canary mm-hmm. i mean you know this this is this is pretty sick stuff so you know i, I think i think that whole notion that that the way people treat pets and treat animals certainly is a reflection of their character and their ability to be mm-hmm. empathetic and so on is, is there. I, I would no, say that. And I don't, I don't think there's any question that in the scientific literature anymore that the vast majority of people who uh, proceed to more heinous crimes against people, uh, uh, the precursor to that was abuse of animals, like, yeah. like you know, torture and dismembering and all sorts of nasty things. Definitely a cause and effect thing happening there. I, I don't know, it strikes me, Jim, that, that wherever you see people who are acting violent, you, see, you will find a sense of injustice, either in those people or in the environment around them. Mm-hmm. And that people get violent, and often righteously so when they feel that justice has not been served. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Marion was talking about getting people hyped up. I think one of the hardest things to do is to get people hyped up. I'm in, I mean, we're both in politics, and you know how difficult it is to get people hyped up and involved and wanting to get them involved. And sometimes you have to appeal to their emotions and their anger about something in order to get them to act. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, I, I think we look at violence too superficially. You can't just look at a TV screen and see one person hitting another, and look at that out of context. It might, it might be, it might be a good movie. It might be in the proper context. It might be healthy and giving a wholesome message, or it could be quite the opposite. You can't just judge it by looking at it and saying this guy hit well, that guy. Therefore, this is a violent movie. But you used a very interesting word there, and that was righteous. And there is a long tradition in our culture through through literature, and then later when movies came along in television, of righteous violence, of the John Wayne figure who could be explosively violent when it was required, but never gratuitously well, so, both, and always in the name of serving some greater good. I mean, ultimately, both the forces of good and evil are backed by the use of physical force. And the only reason that good tends to triumph and the reason that we are able to triumph is because eventually good creates more resources than evil. Like, I mean, you, you will just eventually find that you'll have a healthier society that's based on trade than one that's, that's a command economy. And uh, so eventually those societies will win out if the other one doesn't, you know, first destroy them physically. But if we, if we look at take it from less than a societal level, though, if you watch, and I grew up on John Wayne movies where John was the good guy, almost. Now, we look at him now and we see it through, uh, through different eyes. I mean, the way they treated the natives and so on that's and so right. on was very stereotypical. Uh, but it was it, it was the reality of their time too. But 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 one of the things that, that Robert said is really important. He said that 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 uh, talking about this righteousness and so on, that um, the people who who commit violence believe that they have to do it, that they don't have any choice. Sure. Certainly, you hear that in court all the time. Well, I had to do X. She wasn't going to do what I told her to do. Yeah. Um, that's 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 really uh, at the core of a lot of criminal behavior. No, I don't approve of anybody else doing this. But when I need to do it, mm-hmm. then it's okay. It's the old end justifies the means yeah. kind of a, a situation. And when you talk about internationally, and and the kinds of issues that we have in terms of of, of the general violence, uh, there's no question that as as countries 
we we su- seem to subscribe very heavily to it's okay if we do it, it's not okay if they do it. But it's because again, we're right and they're wrong. But the, about how, how I guess it comes back to the problem of this idea of righteousness. And I'm not sure I agree with you that the individual, many of the individuals necessarily see their acts as being righteous violence. It may be that they see they don't have a choice because of their limited experience. Well, I had to hit her because she didn't sit down when I told her to. They feel entitled. Yeah, or, or, yeah, well, of course I punched him because he was a loudmouth. You know, that, I'm not sure that that's the same as the idea as I perceive righteous violence, which is where you intercede, like these six kids picking on the one kid. You know, there are lots of folks who would think, well, you find a bigger kid than any of the six kids, and you, you know, you wait after school, and you wail a tar out of one or two of them, and that's the end of the problem. So the end's justified what if you the find out well, later? What if you find out later that the one kid was found to have beaten up on all their brothers, that's and, the that, problem, isn't and that it? he was stealing from and all of them? that's the problem, and that's, the, that's one of the reasons why the, the righteous violence that we see portrayed dramatically on the screen does not always work in real life because there's this element of escalation. So you've got the big kid that goes and wails the tar out of a couple of the six of them and, and everybody's happy and okay, that's the end of that, we'll all go home. And the next day, the big brother of one of those six kids comes and wails the tar out of him and some then the, his friend and away right. you go. And, and some of the best movies that we've, we've had are, are movies that sort of peel back the layers of those onions and really tell yeah. us, you know, that, that there's more to this than, and, than, than meets the eye. And even, you know, people of untold strength and power like even superman for example you're watching someone who can use a hell of a lot of force mm-hmm. if he wants to but the lesson that is always given even in on that level is that this has to be restrained it has to be mm-hmm. done in, for the good and and a lot of other shows even even some of the stuff i was talking about on the space channel there um, you'll find that that issue comes up a lot and that the hero is the hero because he knows when to pull back yeah. even though he can go a lot further if yeah. he wants to and I think that's a positive. I don't think that's a violent show or, or well, but yet, you know, yet I would see that as being the kind of show that would be taxed by by any tax that would suggest something mm-hmm. like this. You know, and think of what the tax means too. That if if people working in the field of violence are depending on their funding from a one percent tax on violent movies then their best hope is to make sure that more and more violent movies get out there in the society because they'll make more money. They benefit from the thing that they, they are, in effect, mm-hmm. blaming for the problem, which is why I always thought it was funny that we would tax cigarettes and liquor and gambling be, to, to help people with those problems when the money you get to help them with their problems, you're depending on the activity itself. It's, it's a complete contradiction. It's, it sure is a slippery slope. We went and down a long time ago, sure. isn't it? It is indeed. And I think it also says a very, very, very bad message. When, when you say that violent movies or alcohol or drugs or cigarettes are the cause of what you did, you've just forgiven the person. You've said you're not responsible. You you can use the argument the devil made me do it, and 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 that's why addiction is so popular today because it's it's you know you're almost in a special class and category because everybody wants to help you if you're addicted because you know it, it works to your advantage. You don't have to make a choice. You're out of control. That's what's sa- implied by addiction. At, at the same time, though, and let's be careful about this, that addiction is a very real problem for many people, a real Absolutely. problem of comprehending responsibility. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Absolutely. You but know. that's what the problem is. It's not it's not the object of their addiction that is the problem. That's the well, point. How do, it's we solve, the, how do we solve the problem, though, of getting to the to the, the prevention programs when all of our money, all of our tax dollars are going at the crisis end? How do we begin 
the process of getting some of those dollars to the prevention end. I think that's what the jury... I don't think dollars are they, the answer. I don't think money is going to solve anything. I, I think well, you need, we're you already need money spending to money, for Come example, on. in schools where these lessons should be taught, but they're going the other way. They're teaching zero tolerance. They're equating the good guy with the bad guy. They're saying that anybody that hits is bad, regardless of the reason they hit somebody for it. Well, those, these are not the right lessons to be teaching, and and, and all then, schools are not teaching that. Well, no, not all schools, but it's becoming more the trend, I think, as you see. And I, I don't even think the public way that we, we teach kids is the way that we should be doing it. Because, well, we've, got, we've uh, got a problem there, too. I'm just going to interject for a second, and because I don't know... If that's it, a whole other show. Well, it is, yeah. and, and it's a show <laughs> I want to do one day. But I, I think one of the problems, Marion, to, to address your concern about the funding, and I have yet to have anybody fully explain to me why we need to do this, although God bless the many educators have tried. In the city of London, we spend about $7,000 per child per year to educate them. Um, and, and I understand infrastructure, schools, curriculum, I understand all of that stuff. But in, in the best of all possible worlds, it seemed to me it would make a great amount of sense. You're going to take, take that $7,000 per student, why don't you put them in, not even put them in classrooms, why don't you assign them a mentor slash teacher Give that mentor slash teacher, say, $60,000 a year to look after those kids and $10,000 for supplies and have a 10 to 1 pupil-teacher ratio and let the teachers sort out where they're going to go and what they're going to do and how they're going to meet the demands of the curriculum. With 10 kids, she could have them in her basement, for heaven's sakes. Now, I know that there are some problems. That sounds really safe to me, No, no, I know there are, some, there are some problems there, and I, and I recognize the problems, but I'm trying to make a point here, is that, you know, you're saying, where do we get the money from? And Bob says, yeah, we're spending all this, and the schools are teaching the wrong things, but we spend an inordinate amount of money per individual, I think, for the output we get from that. When you look at that, you say, okay, let's take 15 kids then, and let's, let's get a PhD and pay him or her $80,000 a year to look after these 10 well, kids. Well, first of all, kids. the 1% is not just for the school. It's for children's mental health, which has been severely underfunded for mm -hmm. a long period of time. Well, why not just tax everybody? Why pick on videos? I mean, you might as well just you know put a blindfold on, spin around, and point at somebody as far as who you're going to target for something like that. Uh, you know, to me, it's a very well, superficial connection. It's interesting because most right wingers like the idea of user pay uh, for 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 things. I mean, most. But of I the, rent violent movies, the, and I don't commit most violent acts. I'm not a user in the sense that you're talking about. Well, but I do agree in user pay. I think that the perpetrators of violence should be pe should be the people putting into this fund. That's where their fine should go. I mean, should, that, we, should, we put a, should we put a, a tax on adult movies but for the same thing? But uh, just to go back, to the, this is after an event, after the crisis, after you go through the court system, then people are fined. What they're trying to do is move this to the front. We well, can't. To, to try and, to try, well, what can we do to start at the front? If you don't like this idea, surely you appreciate that if we keep on spending all our money at the end of the system, we're never going to really resolve the issue. We've got to start the prevention kind of thing. Well, I would suggest we today we, all we are doing is spending it at the front end of the system on the prevention and getting very little on the back end once a perpetrator gets caught. We don't even keep them in jail long enough. We don't give the appropriate sentences. Victims don't get anything out of the justice system. You can front end well, all you uh, want. You know that no I don't justice. agree with, with those wild statements. Well... Um, frankly, in some cases, we have a, I've we experienced have said, these wild statements myself, and I have I have reams of files of people who contact me with all these wild statements and the way they get treated, and and, and I mean we have 
people that are being they're going in front of human rights commissions that we're wasting time and money on because they have opinions that, that other people disagree with there, that's another issue i mean this is all opinion and one person's opinion versus another i don't think that that's what government's there to do it creates an atmosphere of violence well there's another element here maybe the three of us are missing the point here i've made th i've made this point a couple of times in the last few weeks we've been talking about speed limits in Ontario and, and carnage on the roads and so on. And my contention is, and I defy anybody to prove me wrong, that the vast majority of people in this province do not want lower speed limits, nor do they want more police out there slowing Absolutely. them down. Absolutely. They want higher speed limits. They want higher speed limits and fewer police because they're all fabulous drivers and it's always the other guy who's the problem. M maybe what is happening here maybe what's happening is that the three of us are in the minority maybe the vast majority of people out there don't care they don't want to pay for prevention because it isn't all that serious to them it either doesn't impact them or maybe they don't care i don't think you can say that i uh, the reason i'm against it is not because i don't care it's because i do but i think i think you're going to find a lot of people who have enough gumption to say that they're opposed to this probably care more than most because well, that's I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue that, I wouldn't that. <laughs> argue that with you but I would I would guess that there's a whole lot of people out there though and Marianne would say we need to put more money at the front end there's a lot of people who would uh, the traditional answer to that is taxation of some form well taxation no, 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 let me finish. we're nah, supposed nah, to be nah, teaching yeah. against violence yeah yeah but most people don't look at it that way well that's you have to you can't ignore I'm, the moral I'm not going to say I'm not going to say I'm not going to argue that yeah. with you but most people don't the reality is most but, people don't but think that reality causes all the rest no cuz what happens here is I think you may have a whole lot of people out there who look at it and say, I'm not going to pay higher taxes for anything, period, thanks for coming out. And if it means I've got to put up with some violence in my society, and I'm not saying this is necessarily a rational, they sit down and think about this over the, over the, the supper table one night, but I'm convinced that for a lot of people that is a rational. Listen, it's, I know it's bad, but there's nothing I can do about it. For God's sakes, don't spend any more money. Because they know that spending more money doesn't improve anything. If well, it did, I don't think you'd have that attitude. I, I, but then they go off and they buy a very expensive burglar alarm. Mm -hmm. They go into gated communities mm -hmm. where they pay for their own security because and all the rest of it. Because they, they would they, never get out of government. Because they get what they pay for, though. Yeah. They well, get what they pay for. You, if, you, if you're going to buy, a, 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 if you're going to live in a gated community, you're going to buy a burglar alarm. Here's the tax. I'm paying the tax. This is my tax. This is exactly what I'm paying. This is exactly what I'm getting for it. Yeah. Well, you'd start looking at the statistics of where the burglaries happen and mm. and what happens. I mean, nobody's safe in that sense. In fact, it's it's a a magnet for people. It becomes the challenge for those who are antisocial to actually break into those areas. And it's that escalation we talked That's about right. before. We have to pause for just a second. This is 1290 CJBK. It's talk of the town, and it's left, right, and center with Bob Metz and Marion Boyd. And we've been talking about this proposal to tax violent videotapes, violent movie rentals, and so on. A one percent tax has been suggested and to take that 1% and put it into preventive measures. And uh, Marion has been raising the question, and Bob's been responding, about, you know, where do we get the money to put into these programs? Now, Bob, you've said, along, said many times that money isn't necessarily the answer. But in this case, if we look at... Well, no, wait a minute. If we, look at, money if we look at programs that work, we know we've got programs that work, we know we don't have the money to implement the programs, surely that's a situation where you can say, yeah, money would make a difference. Well, I'm, I'm looking at a situation where we're already spending money, too much in my opinion, our education system, and we're sending a certain message through the education system. We don't have to spend more money to change that message. We just have to change the message and start teaching values and teaching the difference between right and wrong. Violence is not the issue. Violence is a consequence of two people 
who can't agree to use their words instead of their fists, as Marion said earlier on. And, and to put a tax on something is equivalent to a fine. It's like, it's like using your fist to prove your point. And I, and I think it sends the wrong moral message. But, but You're basically saying if persuasion fails, we'll use force. Well, and that's exactly and what, what the perpetrators and of violence and, and, live by. You know, we, when we were talking earlier, yes, I did use that example, teaching people how to use their words, not their fists. But the real issue here is power and control. People use violence in order to exert power and control over other people, whether it's these six guys following this young student, mm -hmm. which we, that's, that's, that's exercising your power. How isn't, fast isn't, can we make him walk? How scared thing? can we make him? Can we keep him from going to, to, to school? You know I don't agree with you on that, well, Robert, I'm and I'm, you, I, I, I don't, don't agree, no, I don't believe that that's the case. So, so you don't think that, that by taxing a producer of a, quote, so-called violent movie that you're not exerting any sort of authority or force over yeah, that person. Authority is different from power and control. Or authority power and control, is a vested authority in a democratic society where a government wins the right to make decisions because that's what we have a democracy right, you're for. Correct. I misspoke. I meant okay. power and control. No, I don't see it because as power and control. I see, see it as an as exercise of authority on behalf of the 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 well-being of the citizens being governed. Okay, what about the guys that just like to get in a fight? There are guys out there, and I've certainly known them in my lifetime. It's not about power and control. It's just about thumping the other guy and walking away a hero. Well, that, we sounds, pretty, that sounds pretty mindless. Um, well, I don't know, but they are mindless. Well, and I don't people. know that you ever, you, you ever can prevent somebody who, who really who, who does that out of enjoyment. I'm not sure any prevention program is going to solve that. Um, although I do think if they had been taught properly from the beginning, they might not enjoy that. In mm -hmm. fact, they might hate themselves for mm -hmm. doing that. Um, you know, usually that kind of behavior talks all about self-esteem and inability to, to, to uh, deal effectively with, with life and all the rest of that. So, you know, Where again, we come back to prevention. Since you support this tax, hold on. The concept of getting some money at the front end, I do. I'm not sure this is the best way to do it, but I understand I entirely why. What kind of this movies you'd put it on? Then. Like, would Star Trek be taxed? Would an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie be taxed, according to this kind of thinking, or, or, or how would that be? Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know, Robert, and I think that 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 remains to be seen. And I agree with you that there are some real problems with how you would actually implement this? Who would make the decisions of what was violent enough to be taxed and all the rest of it? I don't disagree well, with that. I just don't see how you can say that it's not power and control. I think uh, taxes, that's a denial of reality, basically. Boy, this show's <laughs> going to hell in a handbasket. Marion just said, Robert, I agree with you. What the heck is happening here? Uh, I guess to sum up then, Marion, what are the chances of this going much further, do you think, in your estimation? What I don't kind, know, but I think it's a great conversation starter, Jim. We've proved that this morning. It gets us talking about the issues of needing to look at prevention. Uh, it, 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 it talks about the seriousness of our putting our resources at the prevention end instead of the crisis end. And the more we can get citizens who pay taxes to talk about that and to say, I want my tax dollars to go here, the better off we'll be. Robert, last word to you. I'd be all for giving people a choice in where their taxes go, and that would mean to the school system of their choice, to the welfare agency of their choice. As long as we're taking their money, we might as well let them choose where the money goes. That would be a step in the right direction. But uh, I still think that the message we're sending, again, even the, with the people who want to fight violence, is that violence solves everything. And, and, and taxation, when it's not used for legit, legitimate government purposes, is a, is a form of violence, and I don't think that can be denied. 
Thanks to both of you. It's uh, always uh, informative and uh, thought-provoking uh, when left, right, and center comes your way with Marion Boyd and Robert Metz. Now, tomorrow on the program, uh, something special from 10.30 until 11, London Mayor Diane Haskett will be in studio with me. And as I said earlier today, I need you folks to do me a favor. Uh, I need you to get some questions ready for her because I don't want to have to sit here and ask the mayor questions. I can do that. I can, you know, we see each other from time to time at various political things. I can phone her at the office and the media can get through all of that. You know what I'm trying to say here? I don't need to do it for half an hour on the air tomorrow. I hope that you feel a need to do it. So I want you to get your questions ready for London's Mayor. Diane Haskett will be my guest tomorrow from 10.30 to 11. Those will be wide open and, and uh, she's coming down to uh, respond to your concerns. So uh, please do join us tomorrow, and please do make a point of giving us a call and talking to the mayor, because we'd love to have you. Also, we've got Treasures in the Attic, our regular feature with uh, Paul and Tiffany Gardner. Don Bish is back talking about new boat licensing. Bring us up to speed on that. We've got David Hall, the general manager of Galleria London, which is a, a retail establishment that is in some considerable trouble, but at the same time sees a, thinks it sees a very clear course out of it. And uh, we're going to talk about Canadian businesses moving into the United States, too. It's a winner-take-all market down there. How do we do? How many winners do we have? Just a quick reminder again, coming up on October the 1st, it's the pep dinner. It's the big event, the big night at the Marconi Club, traditional seven-course Italian meal. And it's all in aid of the prevention and early intervention program for psychosis. I'll be the master ceremonies. Very pleased to be there. We're going to have all sorts of things happening for you. Entertainment and draws and raffles and silent auction and all that good stuff and some fabulous food. And it's for a very wonderful cause. It's the 1st of October, so please uh, keep that date free. You can get your ticket right here at 1290 CJBK. Uh, you know what's happening tomorrow. I've told you what's happening upcoming. It's time to get out of here for Marion and Bob and Jerry. Thanks, Jerry, for sitting in for Ryan, Kathleen and Pam and Christina. It's Jim Singh. Take care of each other. Mind how you go. Stay tuned for Bud Cornell. I'll ask the experts at 1230 and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.